0: Welcome to you all this morning and a warm welcome to you all joining online and in Cambridge and in Leicester this morning. I'm so thrilled to be continuing this incredible series from the Gospel of John looking at sharing the good news because truth is last week we looked at why we can share this good news. We've got great news, people, to share. I'm going to start bouncing, I know it. You know, we've got the greatest news humanity has ever heard. And we know the why, but we're going to look this today at the how, okay? Because truth is, we've all been called and commanded to go and to make disciples. And fact is, lives depend on our witness. You know... I was reminded of that scene that Dave beautifully shared a number of weeks back when the Titanic had just gone down, and literally there were like thousands of people splashing in the water, literally crying out to be saved. You know, truth is, this is our daily reality, and I pray today that God might convict us and challenge us to wake up and be stirred into action, because... Truth is, as the church, we are the lifeguards people. And God's called us onto this rescue mission. And now is not the time to be off duty. You know... When we think about this rescue mission we've been called to, I know for many of us it will bring up a a whole load of kind of insecurities and fears, but I believe today for God to pour out a fresh confidence on each of us, a fresh anointing, a fresh boldness, a fresh authority, dare I say a fresh urgency to engage in this rescue mission that we've been called to. Amen? Amen. And so... I just want to give a a little bit of of context, Um, because it's important to recognize that everyone is on a journey of faith. And it's only as we each play our part that we will see people saved. We, We don't have to be the person that leads them in that salvation prayer. Jesus says later on in the passage we're looking at this morning that one sows and another reaps. And as we each play our part we get to see people move along that journey of faith. Um, that, that The great evangelist Billy Graham described as the Engel scale where you've got this scale from, from minus 10 to 0. You know, and, and the minus 10 is like that place where people feel God definitely isn't real. Religion is offensive, manipulative, and dangerous. I wonder if you know people that would place themselves there. To like a minus 8, which is, I don't care if God is real or not. I don't care if you're a Christian or not. I don't know about you, I, I find that more difficult than the minus 10s. <laughs> The minus sixes are kind of like, you know, I've got some idea of what Christians believe. I, I'm kind of glad it works for you, but, but it's not for me. Moving down to a minus four where people are beginning to, to get interest. There's reading stuff. They're discovering Jesus. Jesus feels amazing. They might feel a bit freaked out by some Christians, you know, think I might be a minus four, (laughs) to like the minus two where literally you know people are wanting to do something but it feels like a big step of faith to to actually the zero, seeing people cross that line of faith. I wonder if you find yourself today anywhere on that angle scale. Perhaps you're just exploring faith, perhaps you're curious, perhaps someone's invited you to come today. We're so glad you are here. And 100% this day is part of that journey of faith in your life. And you know, wherever you are on that scale, I want you to know that we're going to come in to land this message today with an opportunity to make the most life-changing decision you can ever make to put your hope and your trust in Jesus. I know... um, when I invited my my wife, Emma, to come to church for the first time, she said yes. That day as she came to church, she came to faith, she surrendered her life to Jesus. But I want to thank the Lord for a lady called Anna Carter, who, when my wife was just nine years old, invited my wife's family, her mom and her brother, and her to church. I want to thank the The minibus driver who picked up loads of kids from Ravensthorpe to take them to church on a Tuesday night. Which opened the door of curiosity of faith for my wife at that young age. And whilst it was such a brief moment, in a a short season in her childhood, we all play a part in that journey of faith. That when I came to invite her to church as an adult, she immediately said yes. And that day gave her life to Jesus. I want to thank Anna Carter. I want to thank that minibus driver. You know, today not only is my wife, but her whole family is saved because that's what God does, right? <laughs> ah. And so we're on a rescue mission and we've got to play our part in this journey of faith in others that together we will see lives transformed for Jesus. And so we're going to delve a little deeper into this sharing the good news series as we continue to look at the Gospel of John and explore three simple barriers from the account of the Samaritan woman at the well. Barriers which we must overcome if we are to effectively share the good news. So I'm going to give you the ABC of crossing barriers, okay? So let me hear you say A. A. Yeah, we've got to assume friendship, okay? Let me hear you say B. Yeah, we've got to begin spiritual conversation. Let me hear you say, "See, we've got to communicate Jesus." Okay, and you know the first barrier that Jesus crosses to share the good news is this barrier of disconnection. And who knows? There, there's many in the church that that struggle to have friendship outside of the church. We're so consumed in our bubble, but the truth is, we are called to be in this world, right? but not of it. You know, here we have Jesus traveling from Judea to to Galilee. He has to go through Samaria and ends up in a town called Sychar where he, he rests and sits down by the well. And it's at this point in John 4, 7, a Samaritan woman came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? Jesus in that moment just assumes friendship with her. And just for a bit of context, you know, this is a Samaritan woman. And, and we know that Jews despise Samaritans. Commentators would suggest that they were considered ethnic half-breeds, defiled by Gentile blood, which went all the way back to Samaria's defeat by the Assyrians in 722 BC. Okay? You know, they were considered a compromised people. And so Jews despised Samaritans. But not only that, this was a woman. Okay, And Jewish men, yet alone rabbis, were not allowed to speak to women, yet alone teach women, certainly not in public. And this is the the midday, the 12th hour. And this woman is assumed to be an outcast for coming to draw water at that time. But here's my point. You know, there's this barrier of disconnection. These cultural and social expectations and differences. And what does Jesus do? He just goes right ahead and crosses that barrier and assumes friendship with her. Because Jesus came that none should perish and all should have eternal life. And so we must choose connection. We must choose to make a choice and begin to assume friendship, make friends, be friendly, that we can have a platform upon which to share the good news. I remember uh, when a, a young girl came to a youth club that I used to run in a different church. And I was like bound to fill on the door and literally this girl came running towards, she was shouting and swearing and literally pushing young people into the wall, into the bushes. And I'm like, oh no, here comes trouble. you know? And as a pastor, youth pastor, I'm like, I want to protect the young people. and I just want to get this girl as far away from here as possible. But I remember in that moment... God just gave me a glimpse of who this girl really was. And what I saw was this kind, loving, caring, big-hearted child of God who was lost and vulnerable and scared. And in a moment, everything changed. God poured out his love into my heart by his Holy Spirit. I remember the first words I said to her after saying hi was, all of this, that's not you. I see who you really are. And long story short, we went on a journey where friendship was assumed. And I was able to speak into her life and unlock the truth of who she really was, not who the world had made her to be. And within a few weeks, she surrendered her life to Jesus. Church, if only we could see people through God's eyes of love, then everything would change. We would be convicted to cross that barrier of disconnection and assume friendship with everyone, because as God pours out his love, it is a love that died for that person. And that changes everything, yet alone assuming friendship and our call to assume friendship with them. And so let's A, let's assume friendship. And then once friendship is assumed, we come to this second barrier. This one of the need for deeper relational connection, the need to go deeper in relationship and begin to B, begin spiritual conversation. Intentionally turning the conversation to spiritual matters. In John 4, 9 to 10, the Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew, And so if we're to go deeper in relationship, we've got to find a way to bring conversation onto spiritual matters. You know, the truth is, I have it easy. <laughs> you know, when, when I'm assuming friendship with people, you know, it's not long before they say, so Phil, what do you do? Well... I work in a church. I'm a pastor. And immediately that that door is swung right open. But let's face it, most people do not have that luxury. And so we need to be proactive to turn that conversation to spiritual things. And in my experience, the very best way to do that is through story and testimony in our lives. I'm not just talking about our salvation story. I mean, 100%, we we need to be sharing the power of our salvation story, but I'm talking about the naturally everyday supernatural story of God's power at work in our lives. You know, we might find it helpful to think about going to our GP when looking to to cross this barrier of spiritual conversation. I'm not talking about our, our doctor. I'm talking about coming to our Father God and speaking stories that speak of God's power of God's purpose, of God's presence in our lives, of God's peace and protection and God's provision. Enabling us to share stories that connect spiritual conversation with those with whom we share in faith. You know, for me, I can say, you know, when I felt a failure... And when I felt i totally messed up my life, entirely broken and in pieces, I can speak of encountering God's power in my life through His grace and forgiveness and and a freedom that I never knew would be possible. I can speak of God's presence, knowing the truth that nothing can separate me from the love of God. And His love is bigger than my failures and weaknesses. Amen? I can speak of when feeling afraid and anxious and fearful that my life was flooded with God's peace as those gathered around me and prayed his peace on my life. That transcends all understanding, makes no sense in the natural. When I doubted my future and felt lost and inadequate and unable, I read... (laughs) fear not I have called you and summoned you by name you are mine and purpose refilled my life you see truth is when we encounter Jesus everything changes we've got a story to tell everyday stories of God's power in our lives and in this conversation with the Samaritan woman. Let's not underestimate the power of prophetic insight. This simple prophetic word whispered by the Holy Spirit when Jesus speaks of this Samaritan woman having had five husbands, he says, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you've had five husbands and the man you have now is not your husband. You know, it's not an extensive word of knowledge, is it? It's actually very simple, but it's absolutely enough for her to immediately recognise him as prophet and go on to tell the whole town, come, see a man who who told me everything I've ever done. And essentially revival breaks out in that town as many come to faith in Jesus. And that's why Paul can confidently say eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of, of prophecy. You know, I had a revelation of this when I was 16 years old on a, a youth mission in London, and I'm in this alcohol-free bar, and, and this guy walks in dressed all in black. I'm about this high at 16 years old. This guy was, was 18. He looked completely out of place, and I just felt the prompting of the Spirit to go up to this guy and say, Jesus loves you. Not profound, not something deep, just like obedience go out of him. And, and my heart was racing. And I'm like, come on, I can do this, I can do this. And so I walked up to this guy and I said, hi. I said, I'm, I'm, I'm a Christian and I just feel that God's told me to tell you, Jesus loves you. And he looked at me and he just barged me to the floor. That I went down and he stormed out of this place. And I remember being on the floor and thinking, oh, thanks God. That went really well, you know. <laughs> And I felt God say, when he comes back tomorrow, tell him again, Jesus loves him. (laughs) I'm like, he's not coming back. He's just knocked a kid to the floor, but yet something in me knew. And sure enough, next day he comes in. I'm like, oh, my heart pretty much stops. I'm like, come on, Lord. Who knows, we've got to overcome some fears to share the good news, right? And so I walked up to him. I said, first thing, I said, please don't hit me. (laughs) But I felt God say you were gonna come back today. And I've gotta tell you again, that Jesus loves you. And he looked at me, like could not believe and just walked off. And I was like, yes, come on, I'm standing. That went well. (laughs) And I thought, you know, God's obviously put him on my heart for a reason. And so I I went after him and I started talking to him. And it was in that moment, God gave me a, a simple line, a simple word that his dad, was in prison and God wanted to bring him healing that was it I didn't know it was God I'm like is that of you God I I, I don't know and so I I shared it with him and he's like no way how do you know that I'm like no way I'm hearing from God (laughs) and he's like you know long story short you know he he comes to say Look, I I can't deny there's a God after after what you said and I said so what you gonna do about it He was a bad guy. <laughs> he was a local drug dealer. He was into all sorts of crime. You know. And, and he ended up saying to me, he goes, i tell you what, I, I'll, I'll come to faith. I, I, I'll give my life to Jesus if my girlfriend becomes a Christian. And I remember at 16 kind of saying to him, it, it, it doesn't work like that. You've got, you got to make a decision because it's right for you. And Eventually he says, yeah. <laughs> I'm like now what? <laughs> 16 years old, so I went for a walk up the street and I did the only thing I knew to do, which was to say a prayer and get him to repeat a prayer after me and invite Jesus into his life. <laughs> At that point, this guy came running across the road and goes, Oi, Mike! Not his real name, Mike, Mike, have you got any weed? You got any drugs? I kid you not, he turned around and said, You don't need drugs, you need Jesus. Come on. <laughs> You know, we walked back to that alcohol-free bar. This girl I'd never seen before came running across the floor, jumped up on him, put her arms and her legs around him. She's his girlfriend. And I stood about three metres away. And I heard her just say, Mike, guess what? He's like, what? She said, I've just become a Christian. <laughs> and I, I knew in that moment... The call to be responsive to the things God might be saying. I knew the call to overcome fear, to choose to press in, that we can see salvation come. And so let's assume friendship. Let's begin spiritual conversation and listen to the voice of God that can unlock salvation. And as I come into land, let's cross this final barrier, this, this barrier of of ignorance to the gospel, this, this barrier of a lack of awareness of the truth of Jesus and therefore our need to communicate Jesus. Jesus says in John 4.13, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Here, Jesus is setting himself up as the answer. You know, who knows it's easier to talk about God more broadly and generally than it is to talk about Jesus specifically. But let's be clear, if we are to be a good news people, we've got to be talking Jesus. Because he is the way, the truth and the life. And the only way to the Father is through him. And so if we're not talking Jesus, then we're not actually sharing the good news because salvation is found in no one else. There's no other name under heaven given to man through which we must be saved. And so I want to urge us. And you're in this room online to find a fresh confidence to start talking Jesus. I heard some research this week that said one in three of the conversations we have with unbelievers lands with them wanting to know more about faith, wanting to encounter something of the presence of Jesus. One in three. Let's go and communicate Jesus, craft some of those GP experiences to Jesus. Because we know the truth, don't we? Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. But, you know, we've got to help people understand who he is and what he's done for them. And so I come to finish with the simplicity of the four-point gospel to help us communicate, you know? The first is God loves you. You've been created by God. We're made in his image, free to love God or not. Secondly, we've sinned. We've fallen as mankind away from God. We've chosen our way, not God's way. That's called sin. And there is a consequence and there is a punishment for our sin. And Because God is so holy and so just. The only just punishment for that sin is death. The wages of sin, the Bible says, is death. And when we die, we will face judgment. The third point is that Jesus died for you. That's the great good news of the gospel. That Jesus died, that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. He lived, he died, and he rose again that we celebrate in two weeks time that we can know death is not the end, it's just the beginning. And finally, They've got a choice to make. we have got a choice to ask God for his forgiveness, made possible only through Jesus. You see, one Thessalonians says, God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so the great good news of the gospel that we've got to overcome this barrier of ignorance, this barrier of a lack of awareness and start talking Jesus. Start giving the choice for life to be surrendered to him. And so Kingsgate, it's time to boldly share that great good news of Jesus. And to assume friendship. Begin spiritual conversation. Communicate Jesus and play our part in that journey of faith of life-changing hope and purpose today and for all eternity. And so, as I finish, I want to give us a chance to respond. And I want to take us back to that image that I started off with, with literally thousands splashing in the water, crying out to be saved, whether they know it or not. You're one of two people in this place. You're, you're one or two people online in Leicester, in Cambridge. We're either in that water, splashing around, on that angle scale somewhere, crying out to be saved, desperate to be saved, or or we're in the house. We're, we're, we're called to be a lifeguard. We're on a rescue mission to see people saved. And so firstly, if you find yourself in that first place, you've yet to give your life to Jesus, or, or maybe you have at one point but you know you've fallen away from him then I know I'm called this morning to throw you a buoyancy aid and the buoyancy aid is Jesus and he will keep your head above water as you choose him and as you choose forgiveness in him as you choose to accept the work of the cross that we can live a new life for him and so if you're in this room if you're Leicester, Cambridge, if you're online. You have a choice to make. I'm going to give you that choice right now to accept Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. You're here, you're watching, because God's called you to take a step in your journey. Let me just say, before you make this decision, there is a cost (laughs) to following Jesus. The cost of following Jesus is everything. Jesus says, whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. Let's make this a life-changing moment. That from this point on, our life is forever changed. And so I'm going to ask us to just close our eyes and bow our head. And I'm going to say a prayer. I'm going to invite you all to repeat this prayer. But if you're saying this to give your life to Jesus for the first time or a recommitment, you know in your heart. And whilst heads are bowed, I'll ask you to put your hand up. Let's pray this together, shall we? I'm just going to wait. Some of you might wrestle with this moment right now. Just allow God to speak to you. Hmm. Let's say this prayer together. Dear Lord God, thank you that you love me, that you sent Jesus to die for me. I choose right now to follow you, to give my life to you. Forgive me, Lord, for going my way and not your way. Come into my life right now by the power of your spirit and set my life facing you. With your head still bowed, if you've said that prayer for the first time was a recommitment, just indicate online. I'm not going to see you online, but in the room, Uh, put your hand in the air for me. Put it proud, bold, proud. If you've made that decision, life-changing decision, it's hard to see from the front here. Thank you. Mm. For the rest of us, we're lifeguards on the beach and God's called us. You know, I specifically felt in response to this that You know, God's calling us to get out of that place of safety and to to get into the sea and to battle the currents and the waves in order to rescue the lost. And uh, the waves that I felt God said we've got to overcome is the waves of fear, of insecurity, of doubt and unbelief. And that God wants to release to us a fresh boldness for him this morning that all fear would be gone in Jesus name a fresh security in him knowing that as we go Jesus comes with us and a a fresh faith a gift of faith not only in God but in the fact he's calling you to see lives transformed, people and giving us a fresh boldness to go so I'm gonna ask us all to stand in this moment and we're gonna come in the land if if you identify with that sense of needing to overcome fear, insecurity, doubt, unbelief, if you want a fresh confidence to boldly proclaim Jesus, to assume friendship and have spiritual conversation and communicate Jesus, just put your arms in the air right now and I'm just gonna pray a fresh boldness on his people. Now is the time. Father, Lord, I thank you right now, wherever we are online in this room, Lord, you see our hearts, you see our hands. Lord, I pray right now, That, Lord, you would bring a fresh boldness to share faith. Lord, burden our hearts. Give us an urgency right now in Jesus' name. Lord, that we got compelled and convicted to, to make conversation, to share the great good news. Lord, all fear be gone now in Jesus' name. Perfect love casts out all fear. Lord, your love fall afresh upon us today. Love revolution in this place. Lord, your love, pour out your love into our hearts, Lord God, that we can see people as you see them. Lord, for anyone feeling insecure, Lord, right now, may we know that you are our strength. And in our weakness, we can be strong in you. In you, we can do all things. May we know your presence with us as we go, Lord God, in a fresh way. May we know your voice, your whispers of your spirit afresh. Give us a confidence, Lord, and a boldness to go. And Lord, where there's a sense of, of unbelief and doubts, Lord God. Lord, you have called each and one, every one of us by name. You've summoned us by name and you call and command us to go. Make disciples. Lord, give us a fresh faith and expectancy for your power to be at work through us as we boldly share the name of Jesus. And everyone together said, Amen. Let's give the Lord a round of applause. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to worship together. And let's make this a declaration, a decision. Lord, I'm all in. I'm not going to hold back anymore. Lord, I choose to be the witness you've called me to. Let's worship together.